podcast for filthy casuals by filthy casuals. Hi everyone and welcome to a much delayed Flashpoint episode 103 recorded Tuesday, September 15th. Thank God to change that date, Simon, because I would have read it verbatim. I'm your host, David Holloway, a Craxtony victim, and with me is a co-host whose verisimilitude makes him the most cromulent co-host ever. See, I got that right. How are you, Simon? I'm pretty good. Oh, what was that? I don't know. Verisimilitude is right, though, isn't it? Yep. Yep. No, the, the, uh, the appearance... Well, what was that? That's no. you, not me. Sorry. Too many beans. <laughs> too many beans. <laughs> Terrible. So your flatulent is would be answer on how you are. Uh, yes, yes, I'm, I'm flatulent. I've, uh, I, I look, I've got no idea. I had three quarters of a bottle of red wine that I'd left uh, open some about three days ago. Thought I should finish it tonight. Did. Um, this is the result. You're Hello. pumped. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Well, you're more primed than pumped, probably. All right. So apologies, firstly, for the delay. So, I mean, we're doing them every month, flashpoints, alternating with We Hate People, but we're about, well, we're two days late. So on Sunday night, I had something on that I couldn't avoid, so I delayed it to the Monday. And then the Monday, with all, for our Australian listeners, you'll be fully aware they're all the leadership changeover with us getting a new Prime Minister and being the sad, sad politics junkie I am. By the time that was all going on, I was feeling a bit fatigued and... I beg Simon, can we please delay another twenty-four hours? And due to his verisimilitude and cromulence, he agreed, and here we are finally. Yes, <laughs> worth the wait. <laughs> I use verisimilitude at least twenty times this podcast. Now that I've mastered saying it, um, so let's start off as always with what we've been playing, Simon. I know you've been jumping between a whole bunch of stuff, so lay it on me. Uh, oh, okay. Well, um, everyone's gone to the Rapture. Everybody's gone to the Rapture. Played that. Um, got Disney Infinity 3.0 for the Wii because God knows the Wii has got to have something going for it and it seems like the perfect console to play that game on. I have started playing Mass Effect again on okay. the 360. Dragged that. Well, actually, I, I sold those discs, I don't know how long ago, but... Uh, with the, the recent sale at a certain franchise uh, game shop, I, or even, well, I might even say GameStop, but that's not really, no, never mind. Moving on, uh, I ended up <laughs> rebuying them. So I thought, I am going to play through all of the Mass Effect games in one continuous stream. So, so far, I've basically ended up restarting about half a dozen times because I'm not quite comfortable with how my custom. Commander Shepard looks. I'm not quite got <laughs> him right yet. Oh dear! Because he looks fine in the preview screen, and then you you get him out into the real world, and you're going, "My God, it's a shop of horror." <laughs> so, but uh, I think I've settled on one, and for some reason, he's a ginger. But that's okay; they're un- underrepresented. They are. Yep. Um, been playing a bit of Destiny 2.0, um, a game which I'm sure you've. You've got no familiarity with it all, David. Ne- never heard of it. No. And we won't be talking about it later in the show. Absolutely not. Uh, there's nothing to talk about. No. And also, I've been listening to, thanks to underscore Casmus, uh, I think he was the, he was, yes, he recommended that to us, didn't he? Ghosts and Echoes. 
Yeah, I don't recall that. What, what was that about again? Anyway, I'll have a look. But Okay, uh, so for the game that we're not going to be talking about at all, Ghosts and Echoes is basically um, sort of Destiny's equivalent to... Flashpoint. Well, no, ODS-1, but I, I, that would be... Oh, yeah. ODS-1. Uh, they, they're actually acted out. The Grimoire cards have been acted out. That's right. And it's actually very good. It's on YouTube. It's also a podcast. So Ghosts and Echoes. Have a look at that uh, in your in your iTunes podcast search, or just jump onto YouTube because uh, again, it's uh, there is a, a video version of it. It's not acted, but it's the the audio portion with um, uh, screenshots and uh, more usually concept art. Uh, that's that's pertinent to the particular card that's being read. Um, really, really quite good. Really quite good. So I highly recommend that. And what have you been doing, David? Um, yeah, not as much as you as, as per usual, but um, wow, but I'm, I'm definitely on the downward trend from that as is normal with an expansion so i'm still logging in most days but just really doing a couple of garrison things there was um well they've introduced flying into drain also um there's a few things you need to do to achieve flying and i'm slowly working my way towards that also trying to get my legendary i've never completed a legendary um item quest line in wow and i'm sort of getting close to that so doing a bit of that so yeah wow um, Destiny 2.0 certainly played a lot of that the last couple of weeks. Downloaded the 18 gigabytes, took something like two days, but downloaded it. And um, yeah, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, the Taken King, I literally just jumped off um, my PlayStation 4 to come onto the podcast. So we'll talk about that. Bit of Hearthstone, and that's about it. Mm. Oh, I should have mentioned, I've also, uh, just, I'm not quite sure how it managed to fit in a bit of Swotor. So done a little bit more leveling. And um, if anyone's not aware, and I'm, but I'm sure anyone who listens to this is, uh, TwitchCon. There's going to be a live stream September 25th. So uh, I'm going to be watching that. I suspect probably, David, you might be as well, just yeah. to get a, a looky-loo. And uh, as always, if you, want, um, if you want relevant, useful information about SWOTOR, tune into the Utini cast because mm. ain't going to find it here. No. As I was saying before the show, I'm, I'm ashamed to say I haven't played it in quite a while. I haven't even levelled up to the the max level after Shadows of Revan, let alone what's going to be required for the new one. But I'll still be jumping back in. The issue I have is being a, one of those Mac dickheads. So I have to fire up a virtualized Windows environment, and I just tend to do that less and less nowadays. So Bioware, I mean, Bioware we're talking about... Um, making it native to the Mac. I still wish they'd do that. I haven't seen news on that for a long time. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's... I don't think it'll happen. I don't think that's anywhere near the wall of crazy. No. It might be the skip out back of crazy, but it's definitely not on the wall of crazy. No, sadly. Yeah. Um, so, yes. So, there you go. That's what we've been playing. Um, so, let's jump straight into what we alluded to, which was Destiny. So we, we're definitely not, for those regular listeners that don't have anything to do with Destiny, I promise we're not about to become a Destiny podcast, but it is getting a lot of attention at the moment because of the new expansion, particularly given it's been a year since the game's been out and it's copped a bucket load of legitimate criticism for its lack of story. So there's a lot of pressure on this new expansion that went live at 7pm tonight, Tuesday night Australian time. 
Um, there's a. Oh, you're going to give us some sound effects? No. No, I wouldn't do that to you, David. There's nothing going on. <laughs> you're just hallucinating. I do like what they've done with the music. They've taken it. Look, I suppose, should I start? I should start with a, bit, a brief Taken King review from all of an hour and a half playing it. So, yeah, service went live at 7, about 10 past 7 I was in there expecting a queue um, and at first the thing I was impressed with, there was no queue, so was able to jump in straight away. For those of you that have played the first year and that you've got the expansion, you've got two choices. You can jump straight into the Taken King quest line or you can go to the tower and it took me about 10 minutes. You run around a whole bunch of NPCs picking up rewards for having played the first year. Um, and you do get a quest, I think it's there, for basically your specialty. So I'm a warlock, whether you go down the void or the soul or whatever it is, there's some quest there, but basically it's picking up rewards from playing in the first year. Um, you do get a boost um, to level 25, so you can apply that to one character, which I thought you'd be a bit excited by, Simon. You probably already knew that. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, jumped over to the actual quest line. Uh, the cinematics are impressive. The level of story, having done the first two missions, is what you would expect. I think they've finally nailed it. It the, There's plenty of cinematics. There's plenty of guided, here's what the story is and why you're doing what you're doing. Um, the, the very first mission is impressive. It builds tension really well. There's lots to do, but uh, you don't die all the time. I died once completing the first mission. Not getting too overexcited, I think they've nailed this. Really? Yeah. I could be a big call. I could go down down the shitter from mission three, but the first two missions, I'm extremely impressed. So there's there seems a lot to do in the storyline. Now, I haven't checked out, obviously, any of the new strikes. I obviously haven't checked out a raid. My understanding is the Oryx raids and stuff aren't coming online for a few days anyway. I think I got that right. Um, they've, they've tweaked under the hood and it seems like it's been very much for the better. Well, I have to admit, I'm um, mildly surprised. Yeah, I said always a discount. I've only played two missions and it could get, you know, it could be beautiful it's like the hotel foyer the hotel foyers might be beautiful and then you get in the lift and it suddenly gets shabby but I, i'm guessing that's not the way it's going to go the well, but there's the other the other um counterpoint metaphor which is uh you bring out the good wine early in the evening and then when everyone's half off their face you bring out the lighted spirits yeah because <laughs> uh, they don't notice it's um it's usually the, the first taste that sets the mood and then it's amazing what the brain will forgive True. or ignore uh, it once once the establishing shot i suppose has been has been given but um i'm i'm pleasantly surprised yeah look the, uh, the opening opening cinematic was was very engaging explained where the story was up to so far yeah i i just can't really fault it the my only frustration is i hate the, still sometimes it struggles to get you in the right direction and of all places it was running around the tower to pick up the rewards and one of them in the tower north do you think I could find the damn thing because you follow the arrows and it le- anyway I, I still find that as frustrating as hell but once you actually start the quest line it was it was flawless from what I could see so oh, is it one of those situations where the marker is in front of you then it disappears yeah that stuff yeah 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, if, that's, if that's the worst that happens. Well, that's right. Um, hmm. So we'll have, we'll have a more detailed wrap on Taken King next episode. Um, so we'll have one or both of the guys that are regular um, guests and players. So we'll, we might have a panel of three or four. Because am I safe, Simon? Are you, you going to wait a little while or you might pick it up in the next month? I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not commenting. All right. So Simon will be back next episode, 104. You, you'll, you'll be up to level 40. Uh, no, no. But no. with the boost, at least you can get one of your characters to 25. Well, I've got one of the characters up to 21. And oh, there you go. Considering that one of the characters was one of the characters was at level sixteen on Friday, you've done well. Yeah, look, I didn't think I'd get back into it, but I've sort of fallen back into it. And I think part of part of this is actually because I played. Everybody's gone to the rapture. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, and I can't see how you could possibly not know, considering how much coverage this game's got. <laughs> First I've heard of it is tonight. Okay. It's a walking simulator. You know what a walking simulator is, David? I know what a simulator is, but I don't understand why the walking reference. Okay, Vault. Okay. Uh, A walking simulator is a game in which you walk. Okay. You don't have uh, anyone gunning for you particularly. Okay. Um, I suppose if you're one of the first walking simulators I can think of, apart from the old text adventures, would be something like Portal. Oh, yeah. Where you basically you, yes, you you can you can die or be zapped, but um, essentially it's a it's a series of puzzles. Now, everybody's gone to the rapture uh, or like uh, what's it called, Lonely Planet. There's 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 quite a few of them around. Um, uh, what's it called? The uh, you sent me a copy of it. The game where you're you're sitting at a computer terminal. Oh yeah yeah uh, the. Oh, God, that's going to annoy me now. But anyway, I know what you mean. It'll come to me. Yeah. Um, everyone knows that. Jesus. Fire. That's age. I swear to I'm God. I'm fire up Steam now and it'll probably kill the whole the connection. Stanley Parable. The Stanley, Stanley Parable. That's it. There we go. God, uh, memory still functions. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's promising. Uh, so Stanley Parable is very much a walking simulator in that you, you're kind of bumbling around and you're piecing things together as you go. Yeah. Um, it's a bit like Mist, actually, if you get yeah. right. Yeah, oh, it's going back. Yeah, it's going a long way back. Uh, so everybody's gone to the rapture. You basically find yourself in a very, very thoroughly rendered little English village. It's really quite impressive. Um, and there's no one there. It's it's empty. But you periodically, as you wander around, you catch sight of uh, these roaming balls of light sort of flickering away in the distance. Okay. And fairly early on, so not really a spoiler, you come across a point where these this sort of, uh, well, particle effects, I suppose, but a display of light and in the vague shape of people and it's something that happened in the past, not the distant past, but uh, the recent past. Okay where they're having a conversation. And it's just a snatch. Uh, you're not getting anyone's life story or anything, but it's, it sets a mood. And as you continue wandering around a pretty substantial size map with different areas, you catch more of these. 
and if you follow the rules of light, you you learn more. And you start piecing things together as you go. And I enjoy games like that. Yeah, gotcha. You just you you're wandering around and you're just putting two and two together and coming up with the, the answers and getting a sense of what's going on. So where am I going with this particular story, other than the fact that everybody's gone to the rapture? Have a look. Have a have a look. Don't don't have a look at let's plays on YouTube. Um, it's it's like thirty bucks. It's I think. So what it's, is it? P- PC or PS4? It's PS4 exclusive. Oh, okay. Um, but I think it's well worth a look personally. Um, if you don't like it, uh, I didn't say anything. It's not my fault. Don't blame me. But the what I realised about that game was I actually quite enjoyed the the trying to work out what's going on and putting things together. And I've railed on Destiny in the past for its incomplete story. I'm not exactly K-Coddy on that one. Uh, plenty of people have had the same reaction and it's... Did you it, just say you're not exactly K-Coddy? Yeah. <laughs> you might want to explain that. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Google it. Google. Uh, that's funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, so in a way it kind of... Playing Everybody's Gone to the Rapture sort of set me up for getting far more into uh, Ghosts and Echoes. And as I've had a bit of a look around with some of... Because the thing is, when Destiny first came out, everyone expected to be this and that, and I I was one of them. Uh, But people who have stuck with it, or at least not given up on the game, have ended up finding ways to cope and manage. Hmm. So one of the things, apart from... uh, the creation of the concept of Sherpas. Now, I know in, in where you have people, high-level characters, um, taking people around, but it really seems to be a thing with Destiny, the Sherpas. Uh, but there's, there's also a lot of the things that were missing from the game, the community has ended up filling in. So there's Destiny LFG, if you, if you are looking for a group, because the game doesn't offer uh, LFG functionality. No. There's a website that does that. Uh, Ghosts and Echoes helps fill in the gaps in the law because there is story it's just not obtainable in the game and in a way it's and i think it's more through neglect than through design that bungee uh, that this has happened with destiny but it's ended up creating a culture of a, a much broader culture an expanded universe in a way with community members filling in the gaps and in a way it's built up something far stronger and more persistent than if everything had been handed to you within the game. Yeah. Now, again, uh, I think Bungie and Activision were negligent. They produced a subpar product. But it's becoming increasingly less subpar and actually on the pretty damn good because the gameplay has always been fine. Yeah. It's just everything around it has just been neglected. So people have jumped in and they've... they've, uh, you know, uh, painted the walls, um, put new windows in where, where the windows were cracked, and it's it's created something quite interesting, I think, especially in the console realm. Don't you think? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think what, what you've said is, uh, whether they've directly done it, but it's something that Blizzard, again, I don't know intentionally, but they did that with WoW as far as they didn't. They could have developed a whole... Uh, a database of information around quests, but the reality is if you want to know a quest or how best to do something, it's all community-driven out of Wowhead. is I think it's now very much the dominant site. It's a totally non-Blizzard site. So I, th- I think 
it's worked out well for Bungie along the same lines. And you're right, I don't go the LFG stuff, so I'm inherently unsociable, but I can see I'll need to because um, there are some quests now where you can't do it solo and you can't necessarily get in a, a matchmaking team. So I can see I'm going to need to start using more stuff. I'm hopeful, though, that Bungie eventually introduce LFG. It just it's, makes sense. It does make sense, but I can't help wondering if at, by the time they even considered doing something like that, whether we wouldn't actually end up losing something good. Yeah, so again, I know I'm harping back to WoW. I remember the olden days where you had to search around for LFG groups versus the automated process now, and I can't say I miss it, but no, yes, I, I, yeah, some people might. Yeah, I still, I still remember having to try and navigate my way through ThoughtBot. Oh, God, yes. I didn't, I, that was actually my preferred. Um, it was, and, yeah. Until it wasn't. Yeah. So, yeah. And Wowhead's, you know, the, 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 I said, I think it's the only really big one left now. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's very good. Yeah. Oh, um, just, uh, just a shout-out to anyone who may be listening who ended up grabbing a collector's edition off of the uh, EB Games website today. Um, one of the – and this might be, be, might be something that a lot of people aren't aware of, but I'll just mention it. Uh, what tends to happen with places like EB Games is if there's uh, – people pre-order things, obviously, but they don't always follow through on it. So they'll cancel the pre-order. And if that happens, those things go back into stock and then they, they just pop up on the website as an online purchase. That is what happened today. Collector's editions, physical collector's editions of Destiny the Taken King were made available on the website for both Xbox One and PS4. Xbox One disappeared, I think, probably by about 11 o'clock. Uh, I'm guessing that's probably because there was less stock because it's a less popular console currently. Uh, the PS4 ones disappeared about 2 p.m. this afternoon. So anyone who, who grabbed one of those for the um, less extortionate prices that uh, were bouncing around on um, on eBay, well done. Absolutely. Just yeah. like all those legends that went out and bought thousands of the new Star Wars figures, I, I congratulate you on your f- future wealth. Uh, what, the... The actual Star Wars figures or the Disney Infinity Star Wars figures? No, I, well, the, the clips I saw were of idiots walking with armfuls of just the plain figures in some deluded idea that they're going to be worth something one day. Did you not participate in Force Friday? No, I didn't. I, I Look, I may end up buying one or two figures, but just for the have fun of it, certainly not with any delusion that anything released for The Force Awakens will be worth more than what you pay for it in 20 years' time. Time will tell. Time will tell. Yeah. There you go. Um, so that's enough Destiny talk Yes. for this episode. Um, going from one extreme to the other, let's talk about Pokemon Go, which you obviously uh, dug up and I watched the video and ignoring the hype of the video, which is a bit insane. Um, it's the, the video's overdone. Do you want to explain, Simon, what Pokemon Go is? Well, firstly, I think the video is overdone. I think that's an exact and accurate representation of what it's going to be like. <laughs> so people running through cities, you know, in front of buses, that'd be cool. Uh, I, I guarantee you someone is going to get killed by a bus because what, of Pokemon. Pokemon Go. I could see it happening. Okay, well, we, we all know that Nintendo's been struggling a little bit with the Wii U um, 
and they've been talking about their new console and also going into a deal with a mobile game developer. Now, oddly enough, this announcement for Pokemon Go is not actually involving them. I've forgotten the name. I think it starts with V. Who cares? I don't. And it's an augmented reality game which you play it with your smartphone. So basically, you become the Poke Collector. You, you will go out in the world. You'll be running Pokemon Go. You'll be looking at the world through your phone and you will see Pokemon and you will have to catch them. You'll have to catch them all. Don't you think that sounds exciting, David? Real-life Pokemon battles? Sorry, I, I just muted myself. I was about to say, it totally appeals to me. Um, I've never, amongst many other games, I've never played a Pokemon game, right? Have, have you ever played an augmented reality game? Uh, yeah. But so Pokemon, having played for the third time tonight, talk about WoW, WoW Pet Battles, which are basically a Pokemon ripoff. Yeah. I can totally see the appeal of it, and I, I would give this a go. Um, for interest's sake, but I can, you know, holding your phone up in front of you constantly just gets really old quick, but maybe that's because I'm old. Well, maybe what you should do is get yourself a Samsung phone and then put it in the, uh, what the hell is it called? Yeah, the, I know what you mean. The, uh, the what was it, the something gear? Yeah. The something gear with, with Samsung. And then you could just walk around looking like a complete tool. Toss pot. <laughs> Uh, rather than just have your phone up in front of you. Because so, that would be much better. Yeah, and even you know when the bus hits you, at least it keeps your eyes in your head. Yes, just remember, if you're playing Pokemon Go, wear clean underwear. Yeah. Your mother was right. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Having well, been on the other side, I used to work in emergency. We didn't care about the underwear. You just cut it off. My mother used to tell me when, when I was making a cake that you should always stare in the same direction or you'll unmix the ingredients. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to use that. At some, that's gold. I called her out on that and because, you know, it's the, the sort of thing that you, her mother told her, so she was passing it on. And sort of, how is that even You can't unmix something. That is gold. I've never heard that one before. No. Uh, and and that, I think when I challenged her on it, that was the first time she'd actually stopped and thought about this, the, uh, the illogical nature of the statement. So... Just yeah. another cool old saying. I was listening to a podcast today, an interview with um, John Brewster, one of the co-founders of the Angels, and they were talking about they were signed by ACDC's label and um, they knew Bon Scott really well. And anyway, they're talking about how what the, he was actually a very strange-looking guy when he first started out, Bon Scott. And, and John Brewster said, yeah, we always used to say he looked like a rat looking through a straw broom. I'd never heard that before. I, I think that's a fair description, actually, because yeah. that is pretty much what he looked like. Yeah, legend, but he wrapped through a straw breeze. Yeah. Anyway, um, Pokemon Go, I think, yeah, it'd be fascinating to see if they don't implement it well from the get-go, people just get sick of it really quickly. Um, and I, I imagine people that aren't in the really big cities like, you know, Tokyo, Sydney, New York, whatever, may find less interactivity than they may like. But hell, I'll give it a go, depending on the price. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how it's all going to work. I mean, the video obviously is uh, is um, a multimedia hyperbole, so it's kind of difficult to say exactly how it's going to work. But I have to admit, the considering how basic Pokemon's combat is and how repetitive, I mean, it's, it's yes. Pretty, but 
it's it's kind of it's kind of fun. You're wandering around and and uh, finding finding a wild Pokemon and taming it and catching it in a Pokeball and and then watching it evolve, which is obviously something that came in. What was it? Black and white, I think that came in. Okay, the evolution. I can't quite remember. Stop yelling at your your um your your podcast device, people. Uh, I don't know. You don't, can't expect me to know. I'm not an expert. That's no. why you're listening to me. I don't know. I'm here to make you feel better about yourself. <laughs> yeah, the, and was there I, a release date? I didn't notice. Uh, no, next year. It's, next it's year. Pretty, yeah, basically they're, they're teasing. Yeah. It's a teaser. And, and that's fine and dandy. All right, Pokemon Go. And then um, jumping across to one of our favourite MMO companies, Funcom. Who you know makers of one of our favourite MMOs of all time that we still don't play, The Secret World. I love that game that I don't play. I know it just—it's one of those ones. I get a warm feeling every time I think about it, but not enough to fire up Parallels and run it. A bit like Swotor. You need to get yourself a nice PC. I do. Um, the, they've announced a new single-player game coming. Uh, so I don't know release date too. I don't think it's that far off. Called The Park. And it's a horror-themed game. Um, for those of you that have played The Secret World, the, the thing that jumped out at me, and I'll put a link in the show notes to the trailer, was that it's very similar looking to the amusement park in... Is it Savage Coast? I'm forgetting the names of the areas now. I think it is. Um, in and, The Secret World. And the song... I one day. It's a bit scary. Don't you think? Over the hills and far away Mother Duck said quack, 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 quack She doesn't sound happy <laughs> Little ducks Came back That's See, enough. that's nice. Yeah, very, very moody. So, to give you an idea of the story, um, just the, on the website, which is theparkgame.com, amusement parks are happy places filled with the innocent joys of childhood and the exhilarating rush of hair raising but safe adventure, balloons, cotton candy, and pools of vomit, and fantastic rides to be dared. Perhaps that is how Lorraine pictured it too when she brought her son Callum to one just before it descended into the most terrifying nightmare of her life. So the park's a unique horror story and the company's first single-player experience since its award-winning adventure Dreamfall, The Longest Journey. Oh, there you go, releasing this October on the PC. The park puts you in the shoes of a mother whose son goes missing when night falls and the lights go out. What follows is a short but intense horror story set against the backdrop of an amusement park. When it says short, does that mean it might be cheap and you get about three hours gameplay out of it? I wouldn't be surprised... Uh, there does seem to be a bit of a, a trend for this sort of thing. I'm thinking about, what's it called now? Five five Minutes at Freddy's? Something, something Freddy's anyway. Uh, the, the game where you're basically a security guard at this uh, family restaurant that's got these creepy animatronic puppets that okay. in, the, in, the, in the dead, dark night, they come to life and uh, it's, it's basically a, jump, a game based on jump scares. And it's 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 very it's very short. Each round is is very short. Effectively, uh, you basically have to watch monitors to to see when one of these things move, because they will they are coming for you and they 
are coming to kill you. Spooky. Yeah. Well, I so, mean, if you played the Secret World, Funcom are good at doing spooky, so I can imagine this part game will be damn spooky. Yeah, Secret. That's one. I think that's one of the things that we really like about the Secret World is how atmospheric it is. So it is, yeah. Capture some of that and the, the spine tingliness of the Secret World. I think they might have a. It's not going to be a, probably a game so much as an interactive experience. It's yeah. hard to say. But even if it was an interactive experience, if it's if it's priced a bit. I mean, everybody's gone to the Rapture was basically an interactive experience. That was, uh, if I hadn't done, I'd knocked it off in two nights. And if I hadn't basically gone into, try to get into everybody's, everybody's house, every room, and all of, all of the rest of that crap, um, I probably could have finished it in an evening. But yeah. sometimes that's quite f- fulfilling. I mean, you go to a movie and that's you know, two hours entertainment. Yeah. Well, the Stanley Parable was like that. There were only a couple of nights in that, but geez, it was fun. Yeah. Okay, so um, to go from horror to science fiction, um, Star Wars Battlefront, I know I pre-ordered it uh, about six weeks ago, counting the days. um, EA breathlessly announced uh, probably about ten days, two weeks ago, that you wanted a Star Wars Battlefront beta, as you wish. So um, coming early October to the PS4, Xbox One, and on Origin for PC, the Star Wars Battlefront beta is a technical test and will feature... Walker Assault on Hoth, a 40-player multiplayer battle featuring Rebels and the Empire. Walker Assault will also give you the chance to play as two of the most iconic characters in Star Wars Universe, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. The beta will also feature our survival mission on Tatooine where you and a rebel friend must fight back waves of Imperial forces. So if you go and just go to EA and and whatever, there'll be details on the beta. I'm not sure exactly how you sign up. I didn't go that far because I... I'm a bit anti-beta. I'd rather I pre-order the game. I'll play it when it's out. But if you're you're keen, it could be well worth checking out. Yeah, if you're keen. Because I know you're holding judgment on this one as well. I'm so holding judgment. Yeah. I yeah. I I will wait. I will wait, and I will wait and see. I don't know quite. Yeah, it looks very impressive. Um, the uh, the space not space combat the air combat looks looks very intense looks very fun. Again, uh, I'm going to wait and see. I want I really need to get a better idea of how they're going to deliver the the DLC. Um, the, there's I mean if if I want to be jumping around going shooty shooty, there's already a game I own several games I own that can do that. Yeah. I have yet to be convinced that this is going to offer anything different. If, if I want to jump into a game uh, where I'm piloting a little spaceship and going shooty-shooty, uh, I've got SWOTOR. That's right. I'm not sh- I, I really want to see how Battlefront offers something um, different yeah. or better. It's possibly the only point of distinction is that it's going to be available on on console, whereas the previous Battlefronts, I don't think, were the PC games only. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how well it's going to do on PC, quite honestly, considering the the competition it's got. I'm sure it's going to be a very polished game. Yeah. Just not sure whether it's just going to be a series of short... Yeah, uh, how innovative it'll be. It's, it's going to be a fun fair with a, a series of short rides. It's a good point, and I, I'm going in, even though I pre-ordered, I'm going in with the assumption that it's going to be quite disposable. As much as, like, I see Destiny as a long-term game I'm going to constantly come back to, a bit like WoW, whereas Star Wars Battlefront, 
this version, I can imagine I'm going to, you know, love it for a couple of weeks and then probably not come back to it for a long time. Yeah. I, I think if I'm going to be keeping my eye on any Star Wars game, it's probably going to be the one that, oh, God, I can't even remember. Um, it, the, it was the one of the people behind Uncharted. Uh, I, I'm not sure if she was the writer or just one of the chief creatives, but she's gone over to uh, one of the EA studios, and I couldn't tell you which one. Um, and it sounds like some, possibly, according to Nolan North, not knowing when to keep his mouth shut, uh, it sounds like probably some of 1313 or bits and pieces or elements of it are going to be revived into something that might be sort of a Star Wars kind of uncharted sort of game. Okay. Details are very, very sketchy and loose, but that game I'm interested in, that Star Wars game I'm interested in, Battlefront mm, looks really good, very much a case of wait and see. That's right. Agree. Um, Should argue with me, for God's sake. No, I agree from the... I think it's going to be disposable. I'm excited as hell, and I, that's why I pre-ordered it, based on the gameplay footage. But I just don't think it's going to be a long-term, you know, momentum-building game. So, sorry, I'm going to agree with you. Oh, God damn it. Sorry. This is why we need a chat room. I know. Yeah. Actually, we've got to look at it that again. We'd love to hear from you. Now that people know we usually record on a Sunday evening... Um, Australian time. We'd love if you could let us know via Twitter or at contactedationatgamer.com whether you would actually love a live chat room. Um, the only trouble is you've got to be able to stream it, haven't you? Well, that's, well I could do it, through, um, do it through Twitch. Yeah, if you do it from your end. Well, yeah, we, so we're happy to revisit that. We had some technical barriers last time and we just didn't explore it further. But if you think you'd like that, let us know. And if there's enough interest, I'd, yeah, I'd love to do that. Um. So, and we may agree on this next one, or maybe not. I'd actually know we might disagree. Apple's gaming attack. So, for those unaware, at the media event where they announced the ridiculously overpriced iPhone 6S and 6S Plus, well, ridiculously priced from an Australian viewpoint with exchange rate. So, 6S, which is the lower of the two models. So, I bought an iPhone 6, 64 gig about a year ago or whenever it came out, or not was, wasn't straight after. I got a cheap deal on it. I think I used credit card points or something, but I think it was worth whatever it was, 800 bucks, something like that. Now with the exchange rate, the iPhone 6S to get a 64 gigabyte one, it's something like $1,299. <laughs> now, who, who the hell spending $1,299 on a phone? Oh, trust me, there's plenty of people out there who oh. can contract Absolutely, I guarantee you. Yeah, I can understand the contract thing. So if you go, but no, I just I, like there's no way I would, and I refuse to put up with 16 gigabytes anymore. So I don't know. I, I think they I, might be biting themselves in the ass, but we'll see. I don't think they seriously expect anyone to buy the 16 gig model. No, <laughs> well, no. It's yeah. So anyway. Um, as part of that announcement in the iPad Pro, which everyone's saying is just a, a Microsoft Surface ripoff, is they announced that there is going to be a gaming 
focus with the new Apple TV device and, and going forward, and they've got some game developers on board. My initial reaction was, yeah, good try, but the current consoles have just got too much traction. But, Simon, you might feel, I'm guessing, you're slightly different, and I know the Forbes article that I linked to in the show's show notes sees it as a game changer that because of the distribution platform Apple have that they could totally you know nuke their competition yeah I think that's the that's the difference on this one um, not just for the the product that they've unveiled but for the uh, the the downstream services that are inevitably going to come like uh, they'll Apple will have its own streaming um, its own streaming TV channels so that's, that's that's just a case of them negotiating with the, the relevant party holders. You have a look at how they managed to strong arm all of the music producers, yeah, music labels uh, into into line. Um, they managed to do similar sorts of things with uh, the being able to buy TV shows through the iTunes platform. So this is really just an extension of that. Um, Apple TV has always been an extension of that. It's basically just a way of, of plugging your iTunes into your big screen TV. That's right. And this is an extension again of that, which a far more capable box um, that lets you plug your, well, basically the apps that you've bought um, for your phone and make them available for your TV. Now, hmm. Uh, I'm not a big fan of mobile gaming. Uh, I will admit that. I, I like actual physical controls. That's why I have a, a Vita and that's why I have, which is for Western hands is ridiculously cramped, and uh, a 3DS, which for some reason, although it's not much bigger, is actually easier to operate with big meaty paws. Yeah. I've got. So, uh, but there's a lot to be said for having physical controls and the virtual joysticks are not a fan. Not a fan of that at all. Um, and that's one of the possible... It's, it's really going to be a case of how well supported it is. Whether everything just stays with a touch interface or whether uh, they actually... Uh, the developers start building in um, options for controllers. Now, you can get... For the, uh, the iPhone, you can actually get third-party physical controllers yeah. to run through Bluetooth. So it's not a, a massive leap to see something like that being folded out for the Apple TV. I, I don't think it's going to be serious competition for the major consoles because the power simply isn't there. That's right. But I think it could actually end up having a lot, a lot stronger legs than people are probably giving it credit for, quite honestly. It, it does seem kind of laughable. Why would you want to play Flappy Bird on a 55-inch TV? <laughs> Uh, I guarantee you there's plenty of people out there. With an install base that iOS has in the US, I think about 62, 63 million people, even if only 10% of people can be bothered, that's still over 6 million users. Mm, true. That's that's actually pretty good, and that's a damn sight better than Ouya ever had. Ouya was similar sort of thing. and It was in the same space, uh, but when it came out, it was uh, running... Uh, I think it was only running, was it Tegra 2 or Tegra 3? It was running some pretty, pretty. even by that, the time it came out, it, was, uh, it wasn't top-of-the-line architecture by any means. Uh, it was running an older version of Android, and it, it didn't really get the dedicated support it needed. And, so, and it didn't have, a, it didn't have an ex- apart from the Kickstarter 
supporters. It didn't have a pre-installed base. Yeah. This thing does, and it's going to be running an operating system that's going to be updated on an ongoing basis because it and the iPhone um, – thought the – is it the iPhone? Yeah, it's, it's all. I think it all runs off a iOS iOS framework. So as one gets updated, the other one's going to be updated. So it's going to enjoy continued support. Again, I wouldn't get a version one point which unless no. I'm going to consider the newly announced Apple TV as a one point uh, because in a lot of ways it is quite substantially different to the other thing. The, 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 exist, the old Apple TV was really just Apple putting a bookmark in something. That's it was a, right. That's all it ever really was, was a placeholder. They knew they wanted to do something and they just wanted to get their, their foot in the door and keep their foot in the door so it didn't close on them. Now they've got reached a point where they are ready to start doing something. And... Yeah. I, I'm not a. I think the iWatch, uh, the Apple Watch, is stupid. Um, I'm not really a, a fan of most of their computers anymore. Mm. Uh, the fact that I'm currently using a, a um, one of the old aluminium uh, Mac Pros to to do this podcast on, but yeah, they they really have moved their focus to to a, a consumer a platform to consume media on. Um, and for, for which I will, I will readily acknowledge the iPhone, the new Apple TV, uh, the iPad. While I think the, the hardware is overpriced and underpowered, they definitely know what their market is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why one of their first entertainment exclusives looks like it's going to be um, to do with fashion because that, they are a fashion brand. They're not a technology company. They're a fashion brand. Yeah. So will it – yeah, I, th- I think I think it's potentially is it, this could be the start of something pretty significant for them, and God knows they're unable to innovate with tablets or phones these days or computers. But uh, media consumption, I think that's probably the only space left that they've got a clue what they're doing in. And also, yeah, I agree, and also argue that on the phone, tablet, computer space, how much more innovation is there? Well, none apparently, because they're copying Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's just one of those cyclical things, isn't it? They're going through their decade of copying everyone else. Well, they kind of did that anyway. I mean, they they copied Xerox for the original. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so they've always, and that's one of the things I've always been good at is they don't actually invent anything. They don't innovate anything. What they do is they take established technologies already out there and tweak them. Yeah. And it's their their magic has always been in their ability to tweak. Something they haven't demonstrated in probably the last five, six years. No, I think they're struggling in that respect. They, I think they really are. Mm. But, um, I'm not saying they can't They can't make a comeback. No, you never know. They're just a much bigger beast now. So, yeah, there you go. Apple's gaming. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and going retro, PS2 games coming to the PS4. See, I, I'm not a long-term PS playstation i did have a ps2 i think i played formula one on it and that was about it um but what games are coming to it simon well only a handful at this point um ape escape apparently (laughs) i don't even know what that is yeah i've never seen that before so ape escape to dark chronicle also known as dark cloud 2 in certain territories and twisted metal black i've obviously heard of twisted metal yep all are available on Pedgy's website as having a release date of well today, as it turns out. That was on the 14th of September, so they're yeah. out now. 
Um, Peggy is, uh, as anyone who's probably played around with the PlayStation, probably knows is the European Ratings Board. Oh, that's right. Who are a lot, um, a lot more permissive than uh, the Australian and the US uh, ratings boards. I think it's fair to say. But yeah, it, this could be interesting. I mean, obviously, Xbox has made a big play recently for backward compatibility, and one of the reasons why it's a slightly less powerful games machine is because it's a far more capable everything else machine, which means that the whole emulation thing is uh, a lot more straightforward for, even though it's still tricky, or obviously it's taken a bit of time to get the, to develop everything, um, emulation is still probably more uh, a more straightforward affair on the uh, Xbox One because it runs a it pretty much runs everything as a virtualized machine anyway. Yeah. So the uh, it's uh, got like a, a hypervisor running at the base, and then it runs the um, the Xbox One UI as a virtualized machine, and uh, for the apps and so on, it runs like a, a Windows. Was it like Windows Seven? I think kernel that's soon to be Windows Ten. Uh, for for all the other stuff, so running other another virtual a virtual machine basically, which is what it's doing, running in emulation for the 360 and possibly even the original Xbox. Uh, quite straightforward. The PlayStation 4 has always been far more. Well, it's it's really that's the the reason why they've uh, it's got uh, GDR GDDR5 in it as opposed to the uh, DDR3 that mm. the Xbox One's got is because uh, one's better for sort of uh, swapping back and forth and the other one's um, far better for just basically, well, speeding down the straight pretty much, which is one of the one of the things that gives the PlayStation 4 an edge. But it also means it's less flexible as more of a, a multi-purpose device. But it looks like, looks like Sony might be finding a way around that possibly so I, I think this could be very interesting because let's face it we um we we like our games and having a device that can play a whole bunch of them anyone who's used um used emulation on a pc for for old console games or uh, whatever it's um it, it's good to have that that option yeah. Have a it's it's nice to have a, a bookshelf with uh, you know like a, a SNES and a Dreamcast and um, have the hardware there to, for display. But actually hooking it well, up and yeah, it, in fact it's kind of awesome. But who who the hell's got the space to have all of this? That's stuff right. Up, let alone the appropriate connections for hardware that old. No, I agree. So, uh, and Nintendo have a good history too with emulation. I know. You can get all the old SNES, or not all, but a bunch of the SNES games and stuff via the Nintendo Store now, and that could be quite fun. Or even in like in Mario Kart um, Eight, um, they're, they've the latest expansion of that. You're playing some of the original Mario Kart tracks, you know, re redone in that environment. It's brilliant. Reimagined. Reimagined. Yeah, I was trying to avoid that word. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's but it's interesting. Interesting just to see where things are going. PCs obviously still got the edge with this sort of thing because you can download ROMs, which um, depending on where you are in the world is is or is not illegal. Yeah, uh, Nintendo would certainly say it's illegal, but Nintendo are a bunch of pricks sometimes. So there's that too. 
But uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where this goes, see where it leads us. Ultimately, all of this stuff is going to be available online because yeah. we, we won't be buying hardware anymore. It'll all be a streaming service. Uh, I think ultimately that's where we're going, but that's why I resolutely insist on buying discs rather than digital downloads because I want the freaking hardware. Yep. I don't want something off in the cloud that someone can just shut off. I did that today, although... What's interesting with the Destiny um, Taken King expansion and, and one of the reasons, it doesn't excuse it, but one of the reasons it's quite expensive in my view is because when you buy the disc, you get the original game again, the two alleged uh, uh, initial expansions, so House of Wolves and um, The Dark Below, and then the Taken King. So it's all on the one disc. Um, but yeah, you still have to enter a code on the PlayStation Store for it to work. So it's not just a matter of inserting the disc and firing up Destiny on the PlayStation. That won't work. You've still got to enter the code. So you go, you, you, something happens to your PlayStation. I assume there's got to be some way you can do it. But I, I know when I picked up the um, disc today, they said you need to be aware that we won't do refunds on the discs because once the code's used, it's used. They said if you if you can prove that it was scratched when you bought it or whatever, yeah, that's fine. But beyond that, you're not getting any refunds. Oh, interesting. Mind you, um, in the in the case of something that's basically only an online game anyway, I don't. Yeah, true. A problem with that because there's there is there's no uh, there's no local version or local co-op version of the game. So. No. Uh, that sort of doesn't make much much of a difference. The only reason you'd want the disc is to save yourself. You have if you have to reinstall it to save yourself a what's probably going to be like a forty gig download. Yeah, true. So that's really the only reason why physical media, in the case of an online game, has any value at all. But uh, like I say, for like I picked up the Mass Effect um, one, two, and three, and having all that. Yeah, okay. The, some of the DLC is something you have to download, but the base games are there and and you can you can play them even if you're not connected to okay. uh, to the to the internet so yeah it, uh, we have reached a point where things are transitioning and we are losing control of our content yeah but then arguably we never really had control of the content because if you ever read any of the small print anytime you buy um, if you bought a, a vinyl LP or a an eight-track tape or whatever. At no point have you ever actually owned the music. You've just owned that copy. So the fact that you bought it once on one format doesn't give you any kind of right to own it in any other format. No, I know. So, but most people have been quite happy to yeah. to ignore that. It's it's an inconvenient truth. Yeah, but, no, you're right. But uh, illegally. Our ownership of media for a very long time has not been quite as sound or secure as we'd like to think. No, very true. As a rabid vinyl collector, I agree. Well, you're you're very agreeable. You stop. Yeah, sorry. There's, there's no con- if there's no conflict, there's no drama. If there's no drama, there's no interest. <laughs> well, which is probably a good reason to stop the podcast now. So okay. c- that and the fact that our running sheet's now at the end. So, 
um, just spontaneously, I'd like to say, and that's a show, I think. What do you say, Simon? Yeah. Well, I know why you want to round things up. To go and play Destiny? No, I'm actually a bit buggered. I, I don't think I'll do any more tonight. I've done two missions. I think that'll do me. Uh-huh. That's what, that's what you're saying in public. Well, you know what, what happened last night? This is horrific. I um, was watching all the leadership stuff, and at about midnight, I gave up on Tony Abbott actually doing a press conference to it, you know, the defeat one. He ended up doing it today and um, fell asleep. And so I've been known to fall asleep in the lounge in front of my laptop and wake up at 2.30, sometimes 3. Woke up at 4.58 a.m. Oh. <laughs> and I obviously slept like a log. Yeah, you can't even try and go to bed at that point. Well, I did, but I, I got up and I and I felt great too, felt energised. I thought, I really should stay up now. And I thought, that'll be fine till about 11 o'clock this morning, you know, three hours into work, and then I'll feel like death warmed up. So I made myself go to bed. Yeah, well, I've, I'm not saying I did, but I'm sure that there are people out there who probably watched the coverage, then watched the repeat of Late Line and then ended up watching the BBC Global and Al Jazeera coverage. <laughs> that's dedication. That's gold. Yes, that's verisimilitude. I need to look up what that means. I used to know what it means. What does verisimilitude mean, Simon? Uh, the appearance of fact or truth, as far as I recall. Yeah, that rings a bell. That's us. All right, so let's wrap this show. As always, and as I mentioned earlier, we'd love your suggestions, particularly around the, the chat room. More than happy to look at that. Um, please feel free to email us at contact at oceanicgamer.com uh, or visit our slightly more active Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash the Oceanic Gamer. Did you see Mark Zuckerberg's first live video from Facebook HQ today? Uh, no, no. Quite interesting. I didn't. Yeah, quite interesting. You can also follow us on Twitter, which Mark Zuckerberg doesn't own at this stage. My handle is at the Oceanic Gamer, and Simon tweets under RPG Beats RL. You'll find previous episodes of the show on iTunes, and we are definitely still on Stitcher. So, yes, thanks very much for listening, and thank you once again to my verisimilitudinous, cromulent co host, Simon. Uh, thank you. Verisimilitudinous. Uh, that should be a word. I don't think it means what you think it means. No, I know. Uh, that's the problem with today's generation. They just co-opt words to mean what they think they mean, not what they actually do. And don't have enough Princess Bride references. Yes, but that's a, that's for another episode probably of We Hate People. Speaking yeah. of which, we'll be back in a fortnight, but not exactly in a fortnight. I'm gallivanting around the countryside. Um, so we, won't, we Hate People won't be... Um, in less than a fortnight, but it will be in the next fortnight or so. So bear with us for that. And that's the first I've heard of it, folks, so don't feel left out. No, that's right. Sorry, Simon. And But we'll be back on time with Flashpoint 104. So have a great week. And remember, if your pug wipes, it's probably because one of us was in it. Good night. Good night. The ability to speak does not make one intelligent.